Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. And last week, we tackled the key of G major, focusing on harmonic development. This week, we continue our exploration of the key of G major melodically. So today, you are going to discover a key of G major melodic workout. You are going to learn how to think within the key of G major melodically. And you are going to play the modes of the key of G major using ascending, descending scale and arpeggio motion, launching from various entry points, the root, the third, fifth, seventh. And on top of all that, you are going to play melodic scale and arpeggio fragments over the 2-5-1 progression in the key of G major using various rhythms, the rhythms that we have studied throughout the entire year. So as I always like to say, regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you're a crusty old seasoned experienced professional, you're going to find this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring a key of G major melodic workout to be very beneficial. But before I dig in, I want to take a few minutes, as I do at the beginning of every Jazz Piano Skills podcast episode, I want to welcome all first-time listeners. And if you are indeed new to Jazz Piano Skills and listening for the very first time, welcome. I want to personally invite you to become a Jazz Piano Skills member. And all you have to do to become a member is simply... Visit jazzpianoskills.com, and once you arrive at the homepage, you can begin to poke around a little bit and explore all of the jazz educational resources, materials, and services that are available for you, waiting for you, anxious to help you significantly improve your jazz piano skills. For example, as a jazz piano skills member, you have access to the weekly educational podcast packets. Now, these are the illustrations, the lead sheets, and the play-alongs that go along with each weekly podcast episode. They're invaluable educational tools that I develop, I produce, and, and publish each and every week. You want to have these materials in your hands as you listen to each Jazz Piano Skills podcast episode to get the most out of it. And you want to have these materials sitting on your piano as well when practicing. You also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, have access to the online sequential Jazz Piano Curriculum, which is loaded with comprehensive courses. All of them, all of the courses using a self-paced format. There are educational talks that you can enjoy interactive media to help you accurately assess your conceptual understanding of the jazz piano skill being taught, video demonstrations of the jazz piano skill in all 12 keys, there are play-alongs, and much, much more. As a jazz piano skills member, you have also have access, or as I like to say, a reserved seat in the weekly online masterclasses, which are in essence a one-hour online lesson with me each and every week. You'll also, as a Jazz Panel Skills member, be able to enjoy the online interactive fake book, which grants you access to jazz standards from the Great American Songbook. 
You'll be able to enjoy the chord changes lead sheets. There are harmonic function lead sheets, play along files, historical insights, inspirational recordings, and much more. It's an ever-growing collection of tunes that you absolutely should discover, learn, and play. And as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you you have access to the private online Jazz Piano Skills community, which hosts a variety of engaging forums. There are podcast-specific forums. There are course-specific forums. And, of course, there are just general Jazz Piano forums for you to enjoy. And of course, you have access to all of them, and you will be able to contribute to them as well, right? Which I encourage you to do. The whole purpose of the forums uh, is to allow you to engage, to share, and to grow. And last, but certainly not least, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to unlimited private personal and professional educational support provided by me whenever and as often as you need it. So once again, when you have a few moments, visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about all of the excellent educational opportunities that await you and how to easily activate your membership. Now, there are several membership plans to choose from, uh, and I'm certain there's one that's perfect for you. But nevertheless, once you get there, if you're looking at the membership plans and you have any questions, by all means, do not hesitate to reach out to me. I'm happy to spend time with you, answer any questions that you may have, help you in any way that I can. All right, let's discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Let's get after this key of G major melodic workout. With the start of the new year, we set out on a very ambitious, very exciting, and very rewarding journey to travel through each of the 12 keys of music by year's end. Now, the game plan, one key a month for 12 months. The agenda for each month to thoroughly explore a key harmonically melodically, and rhythmically. So back in January, we started with the key of C major. February, key of F major. March, B flat major. April, E flat major. May, A flat. June, D flat. July, G flat. August, B major. September, E major. October, A major. November, D major. And now, December, we wrap things up with the key of G major. So, we have been traveling around the circle of fifths, counterclockwise, of course, and doing a very methodical exploration of each key. Harmonically, we have been tackling four very specific approaches to voicing the chords within the key using block shapes with inversions, traditional three-note shells, contemporary chordal voicings, and five-note two-handed shapes. Melodically, we've studied each chord's scales, modes, and arpeggios 
using various entry and destination points with ascending and descending motion. Okay. Now, with each harmonic and melodic workout, we applied essential rhythmic patterns, starting with fundamental whole, half, and quarter notes, and progressing each month to more complex patterns using various combinations of eighth notes and triplets and sixteenth notes and dotted patterns and so on. Again, very structured, very organized, very sequential, very methodical, very repetitive, which of course are all characteristics of an excellent study and practice approach that allows us to discover, learn, and play jazz successfully. So my my goal with these strategic, harmonic, melodic, and rhythmic workouts My goal is to help you develop professional jazz piano skills anchored, all of it anchored with an eternal rock solid sense of time. Last week with our key of G harmonic workout, I reviewed the various rhythms we studied throughout the entire year. Now we isolated each of the rhythms, placed them on various beats within the measure and surrounded them with silence. In other words, we forced ourselves to count, to count time in order to play the rhythm on a specific beat within the measure. In doing so, we we exposed the strength or the weakness of our internal sense of time, which ultimately allows us to properly and consistently articulate our essential rhythms. See, everything in music, and I mean everything in music, is held together by time. In fact, just as we are, if we have an irregular heartbeat, we have issues. If our heartbeat is rock solid, life is good. Our time must be rock solid if we hope to play jazz with any kind of success. So today, we take the very same rhythms, all 36, and we apply various ascending and descending scale and arpeggio fragments to them. Those of you who have been with me for a while know know what I mean when I speak of scale and arpeggio fragments. But for, but for those of you who may not know, a scale and arpeggio fragment is simply an isolated section of the scale or arpeggio launching from a specific note within the sound, the root, the third, fifth, seventh, ninth, etc., using either ascending or descending motion. So today... I'm going to keep things as simple as possible and use scale and arpeggio fragments that that always begin with the root of the minor chord, the minor sound, and stay there for the duration of the 2-5-1 progression. I'll talk more about this when when I actually begin playing the musical demonstrations. So before we go any further, I want to stress, I want to stress as I always do, the importance of doing the entire 
key of G major melodic workout. Not just simply jumping to the last lead sheet in your podcast packet, Skill 25, to attack our year-end rhythmic review. Why? Because you have to have a functional command of your scales and arpeggios in the key of G major before you can begin to successfully apply rhythm to them. As I like to say, you you have to bake a cake before you can decorate the cake. So remain disciplined, as I know you will. Remain disciplined and spend time with scales 1 through 24 before tackling scale 25. So you will find in your Lead Sheets podcast packet, as you did with all of our podcasts, melodic workouts since the beginning of the year, all 24 skills laid out for you. So let's just do a quick, let's just do a quick review. Skills one through four are going to explore the modes using ascending root position, first, second, and third inversion. Now skills five through eight modes again, descending this time, however, Again, using root position, first, second, and third inversions. Skills 9 through 12 are going to utilize arpeggio motion ascending root position, first, second, and third inversions. Skills 13 through 16, arpeggios descending using root position, first, second, and third inversions. Skills 17 we switch to the 2-5-1 progression using ascending scale motion. Again, with an entry point on our two chord of being the root, third, fifth, and seventh. Skills 18, we stick with the 2-5-1 progression using descending scale motion. Entry point on the two chord is going to be the root, third, fifth, and seventh. Now, skill 19 Again, sticking with the 2-5-1 progression, however, this time ascending arpeggio motion with our entry point being the root, third, fifth, and seventh of the two chord. Skill 20, 2-5-1 arpeggio motion descending, entry point again being the root, the third, the fifth, and the seventh of our two chord. Skill 21, we, we expand our harmonic motion to include the three and the six. So now we have a three, six, two, five, one progression using ascending scale motion. Scale 22, three, six, two, five, one using descending scale motion. Scale 23, three, six, two, five, one ascending arpeggio motion. And scale 24, three, six, two, five, one using descending arpeggio motion. And we always have our entry points, right? Always our entry points from the first chord being either the root, the third, the fifth, or the seventh. So after you have thoroughly completed your workout, skills one through 24, then you can turn your attention to playing skill 25, which is going to challenge you with the year-end review, rhythmic review, using scale and arpeggio fragments. So the educational agenda for today is as follows. Number one, we are going to explore the key of G major melodically. Number two, we will play 36 melodic lines, ideas, using ascending and descending scale 
and arpeggio fragments. Number three, all melodic ideas will be applied to the 2-5-1 progression in the key, of course, of G major. A minor 7 to D dominant 7 to G major 7. Four, all melodic lines will be played using a very relaxed bassa groove as we did last, last week with our harmonic workout of 110. Five, all melodies... All rhythm, rhythmic uh, ideas will be played using a single note in, the right, in my right hand with shells in my left hand. Now, those shells may be chordal voices. You might hear some three-note traditional shells in there or even some blocks in there as well. I'll mix and match them as I wish. Okay. Now, uh, finally, each melodic line. We have 36 of them, right? Each melodic line will be repeated two times. Okay, so before we go any further, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I want you to hit the pause button right now, take a few minutes to download and print your podcast packets, your illustrations, and your lead sheets. And again, I'm just reminding you as a member, You have access to all of the podcast packets, and you should absolutely be using them when listening to this episode. And of course, you should be using them when practicing as well. So if you are listening to this podcast on any of the popular podcast directories, which there are many, Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, the list goes on and on then be sure to go directly to jazzpianoskillspodcast.com to access and download your podcast packets. And you will find the download links within the show notes. And one final but really critical message that I bring up every week, and I'm going to bring it up again today. If you are thinking, if you're listening and you are thinking that the key of G major melodic workout that we are about to tackle and the various skills found within this workout that we are about to discover, learn, and play, if you you are thinking that these skills are over your head, then I would say to you, okay, so what? Sit back, relax, and continue to listen. Continue to grow your jazz piano skills intellectually by simply listening. All skills, all skills are over our heads when first introduced. And that is, that is precisely why the very first step that we need to take to improve our musicianship when being introduced to new concepts is to just simply sit back and listen. So do not shy away from conversations, discussing foreign topics or using unfamiliar terms, because it's by stepping outside of our comfort zone, our musical comfort zone, that by stepping outside, it spawns our significant growth for us. Now, you may have heard me say say this because I've said it literally, I think, a million times within these podcast episodes, that all musical growth begins upstairs, mentally, conceptually, before it can come out downstairs, physically, in your hands. So, listen to this podcast lesson now to discover and learn.
the play, as it always does, will come in time. Okay, so now that we have our lead sheets packet printed out, I want you to go to the very back end of the packet and you'll find skill 25 and it's called key of G major melodic workout. It's our year end rhythm review using scale and arpeggio fragments. So we have four pages here. This, this skill 25 consists of four pages. Again, 36 lines of various rhythms that we have studied throughout the year. So we're going to group them exactly and precisely as we did last week with our harmonic workout. So we're going to take a look at A, B, C, and D, line A, B, C, and D first. And you can see that I start with just a pair of eighth notes, right? Now, of course, back in the beginning, we used rhythms with whole notes and half notes and um, quarter notes. But I'm starting with eighth notes, okay? Um, so look at line A. We have a pair of eighth notes on count four. Line B, the eighth notes are placed on count three. Line C, the eighth notes are placed on count two. And line D, the eighth notes are placed on count one. You will see that I am starting the uh, melodic idea using the root of our A minor or our two chord right? A minor, the root. My melodic idea are, is using the note A and B for my eighth notes. Now, I'm going to stay with, with those two notes as my melodic idea. We could do all kinds of creative things, but I'm going to try to keep things uh, with as few moving parts as possible throughout all of these examples. And I'll discuss a little later or as we go through these examples of how you can actually... Um, in, include other variables if you wish to make things a little more challenging for you. But right now, line A, we're using the notes A and B for our two chord, line, uh, the notes A and B to play over our five chord, and the note notes A and B to play over our one chord. So the challenge here is to see these this pair of eighth notes on count four, to see it as the melodic line consisting of the root and the second, or the root and the ninth over our two chord, those same two notes on the five chord becoming the fifth and the sixth, or the fifth and the thirteenth, and the same two notes over our one chord becoming the ninth, the second, or the ninth uh, to the third, right? So same two notes, but those two notes are functioning very differently within the harmonic structure of the two, the harmonic structure of the five and the harmonic structure of the one. So when you play through line A, of course our focus needs to be placing the eighth notes, the pair of eighth notes, precisely on count four, but also to be aware to see those that note that note A and B in relationship to A minor, that note A and B in relationship to D7, that note A and B in relationship to G major. So even though the notes change, I want you to see them differently because of the chord that you are applying them to. All right? And we're going to do the same thing for line uh, B, line C, and line D. But now what I do in line each of those lines, you can see 
I move in line B, the uh, entry point for uh, the minor chord, I move it to the third. And then I move it for line C, I move it to the fifth. And line D, I move it to the seventh. So what I'm doing here is keeping the same two notes to be played over the two, the five, and the one in each line, line A, B, C, and D. However, those two notes may be launching from the root of the two, then the third of the two, the fifth of the two chord, and then the seventh of the two chord. And every time you want to see each of those two notes, those two melodic notes, you want to see them in relationship to the chord in which you're playing them. You want to see them in relationship to A minor, then see the same two notes in relationship to D7, and the same two notes in relationship to G major. This is huge. This is a big deal to see this and understand this and also to hear this. So I'm going to bring the ensemble and I'm going to play lines A, B, C, and D in one exercise, one demonstration here. Now, of course, I would encourage you to practice them each line independently, but for the sake of time, I'm grouping everything today. So I'm going to open up again using a bassa groove. I'm going to play the first time through. I'm just going to play two, five, one. Then I'll play line A twice, then line B twice, line C twice, and then line D twice. And then I'll end with a two, five, one. Okay, so I think once you hear how this is done the first time through, the remaining nine demonstrations will uh, fall in line and make perfect sense for you. Okay, so here we go. Let's bring the ensemble in and let's listen to A, B, C, and D. Right? So we're using a scale fragment, a two-note scale fragment for lines A, B, C, and D. And we're moving our two-note scale fragment. We're moving the entry points from the root of the two to the third of the two chord to the fifth of the two chord and the seventh of the two chord. 
All right. And we keep those two exact same scale note scale fragments the same through the entire progression, two, five, one. And we want to be able to see those exact, those two same notes being 100% applicable to the two chord, 100% applicable to the five chord, 100% applicable to the one chord. So there's a lot going on there. I'm trying to keep, like I said, I'm trying to keep as few moving parts as possible right now, but trying to help you solidify rhythm while at the same time illuminate for you the commonality that these notes in relationship to the different chords, even though they stay the same, function differently within the harmony and can be simply applied to each one of those chords as well. This is a huge step in your improvisational development to be able to see the commonality of the, the um, uh, usability, the reusability of the notes that you're playing over different chords. Now, with that being said, we will deal more with that concept in the uh, years to come. But uh, for the remainder of today, I'm going to dial it back even more and just keep the entry point always being the root of the minor chord. Okay, so if you take a look at lines E, F, and G, we have another two-note scale fragment that we're going to use as we explore the dotted quarter-eighth combination. In line E, we place that rhythm on counts three and four of each measure. In line F, we shift it to counts one and two. And then in line G, we place the dotted quarter-eighth on counts one and two, and on counts three and four. Now, with all exercises today, today you'll see that measure four is always going to be a whole rest. This allows us to assess what we just played, make any adjustments that we need to make, and then tackle it again, okay? That's intentional. Always a rest at the end for assessment purposes. So now we're going to bring the ensemble back in, I'm going to play uh, 2 5 1 again, open up with a, a four measures of 2 5 1. Then I'll play line E twice, line F twice, and line G twice. I'm going to play the melody in my right hand using a single note, and then uh, uh, back that melody up with a shell in my left hand, maybe a three note traditional shell, chordal shell, uh, or a block, block voicing. Okay? So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's take a listen to lines E, F, and G. Here we go.
now we're on a row. So we're going to stick with our two-note scale fragment for lines H, I, and J. Okay, so now we're flipping our dotted quarter eighth uh, rhythm. We're flipping it over. So now we have our eighth dotted quarter pattern to deal with. But uh, we're going to utilize the same format, right? We're going to place that dotted, that eighth dotted quarter pattern on counts three and four in line H. Then we're going to shift the eighth dotted quarter pattern to uh, counts one and two in line I. And then we're going to place the eighth dotted quarter pattern on counts one and two and three and four uh, for letter J. All right. And again, two times through each line with a whole measure of rest at the end of each line. Also, I want to uh, draw your attention to, I want you to focus again on when playing the two-note ascending scale fragment of using the notes A and B. I want you to see that A and B as the root to the ninth when playing A minor. I want you to see it as the 5th to the 13th when playing D7. I want you to see it as the 9th to the 3rd when playing G major 7. Okay? So a lot going on, right? We have to focus on our 8th dotted quarter rhythm. And then I want you to see the function of those two notes, that ascending two-note scale fragment in relationship to each chord, the 2, the 5, and the 1. Wow. Okay, so let's bring the ensemble in and let's check out lines H, I, and J. Here we go. each of these uh, rhythmic lines today using a single note uh, melodic line, uh, playing the melody as a single note in my right hand with a shell, uh, either a traditional shell, contemporary shell, or block voicing in my left hand to support it. Okay? So, so far, we have looked at lines A through J. In each of those lines, we've used a two-note ascending scale fragment, launching from the root of the minor chord. The only exception was in line B, C, and D when we shifted 
our entry point from the root to the third, to the fifth, to the seventh of the minor chord. But for the remainder of the lines and the remainder of the exercises or demonstrations today, the entry point will remain on the root of the two chord. So now let's take a look at lines K, L, M, and N. We are going to begin looking at eighth note triplets. So we're going to expand our fragment from being a two-note scale fragment to now being a three-note arpeggio fragment. We're going to stick with ascending motion, but because we're doing eighth-note triplets, we're going to expand our fragment to include now three notes. So letter K, you can see that we're placing the eighth-note triplets on count four. Line L, the eighth-note triplets are placed on counts three. And in letter M, line M, the eighth-note triplets are on now count two of each measure. And in line N, the eighth-note triplets are placed on count one of each measure. So again, ascending motion, arpeggio motion now instead of scale motion, for each line, K, L, M, and N. So again, I want you to be aware of the relationship of the notes that you're playing uh, to the chord that is being played with it, right? So our A, C, and E, eighth note triplet for our two chord, our A minor chord, is simply the triad, right? The root, third, and fifth. But that same, those same three notes, A, C, and E, become the fifth, seventh, and ninth of our D seventh, and become the 9th, 11th, and 13th of our G major 7th. Same three notes, three different chords, uh, same rhythmic pattern, placed on various beats within the measure. Count 4, count 3, count 2, and count 1. So a lot to assimilate, a lot to process, no doubt, right? So I'm going to bring the ensemble in. First time through, I'm going to play the 2-5-1 progression. Then... Line K twice, line L twice, line M twice, and line N twice. And then I'll end with 251 again. Okay? A whole measure of rest at the end of each line as well for assessment purposes. Wow. All right, so let's bring the ensemble in and let's listen to lines K, L, M, and N. Here we go.
triplet to quarter note triplet and so line o and line p are dedicated to this rhythmic idea so in line o the quarter note triplet is placed on counts three and four in line p the quarter note triplets are placed on counts one and two okay so again uh, we're sticking with our ascending arpeggio fragment, launching from the root of the two chord from our A minor 7 chord. So let's just bring the ensemble in, and you know the routine by now, right? 2, 5, 1 up top. Line O will be repeated twice, then line P will be repeated twice, and 2, 5, 1 on the back end. All right? So here we go. Let's check it out, see what we think. dealt with our eighth note triplets and our quarter note triplets. Now we're going to get into our 16th notes. So we're expanding our fragment again to now be a four note fragment, but we're going to go back to scale fragment, but this time descending. So we have descending scale fragment uh, for our 16th note patterns, uh, our grouping of four 16th notes in Q, line Q. Uh, where the 16th notes are placed on count four. Line R, the 16th notes will be placed on counts three. Line S, the 16th notes are on count two. And then line T, 16th notes are on count one of each measure. So we have descending a descending scale fragment launching from the root of our minor chord, our A minor seven. And... Um, uh, again, I want you to think of those notes, see those notes in relationship to the chord in which you are playing them. Okay? Think of the notes in relationship to the chord that you are playing them. All right, so let's bring the ensemble in and let's listen to lines Q, R, S, and T dealing with 16th notes, uh, grouping of four 16th notes using descending scale fragment launching from the root of the two chord. Here we go. Mm -hmm. 
doesn't get easier, does it? <laughs> so, oh my goodness. So we're going to stick with uh, descending scale motion as we as we march on, right? So we're going to look at uh, lines U, V, W, and X. And we introduce a new rhythmic uh, motif here now. Now we have our eighth uh, beamed uh, eighth note beamed together with two sixteenth notes, right? But we're gonna we're gonna use the same approach that we've been doing. We're gonna place that rhythmic motif, that rhythmic idea, on count four, then count three, then count two, then count one. Uh, descending scale motion, and again, our entry point is always gonna be the root of our minor chord. All right, but see those notes in relationship to the chord that you are playing. Now, well, I'll save that for a little later. <laughs> Let's keep it as simple as possible. So here we go. Ensemble in lines U, uh, V, W, and X. Here we go. too bad at all so okay just as we did earlier with the dotted quarter eighth uh, rhythm we flipped it around to go eighth dotted quarter we do the same thing here with our eighth uh, beamed with two sixteenths we're going to flip that as well so we have two sixteenths notes beamed to an eighth note so if you look at lines y and then uh, uh, z a2 and b2 all right if you look at those four lines, you can see again, we're just taking our two sixteenth notes beam to a, a eighth note, placing that rhythmic idea on count four, and then on placing it on count three, count two, and count one. Okay, so um, again, we're going to stick with a, a descending scale fragment launching from the root of our minor chord. So let's bring the ensemble in and let's listen to this rhythmic idea. And once again, always be consciously aware of the notes that you're playing 
in relationship to the sound or the chord that you're applying the notes to. All right, so here we go. Let's check it out and see what we think. So if you're wanting to uh, make it a little bit more challenging with all of these rhythms, right, these, the scale motion or the arpeggio motion, instead of using the same three notes for, or the same notes for the two chord or the five chord or the one chord, you can continue the scale motion upward, right? So for instance, if you're using the first two notes of the scale, uh, for your A minor, you can go to the next two notes of the scale for your D7, followed by the next two notes of the scale for your G major, right? So you're creating this ascending linear line that's going through, uh, going through the G major scale applied over the entire 2-5-1 progression. Again, there are various ways in which to spice up these exercises, but for right now, Again, like I mentioned earlier, I'm just trying to minimize the number of moving parts here to keep things as simple as possible. And we can always expand the complexity of the uh, application of scale and arpeggio fragments to these rhythms, to this progression. But the idea initially is to try to keep things as simple as possible as you work through conceptually and physically all of the uh, all of the ideas that are being tackled here simultaneously. Okay, so now with that being said, we are now on to our dotted eighth sixteenth rhythm. And that's going to be covered in lines C2, D2, E2, and F2. And again, each line places the dotted 8th, 16th pattern on a different beat within the measure. Count 4, then count 3, count 2, count 1, just as we have been doing all throughout this entire podcast episode. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's uh, 
listen to our dotted eighth sixteenth again sticking with uh oh now we're actually going to utilize descending arpeggio a descending arpeggio fragment as opposed to a scale fragment and uh, so anyway so let's bring the ensemble in and let's listen to this rhythmic idea lines c2 d2 e2 and f2 here we go check it out rhythmic motif to deal with today and so we're just taking our dotted eighth sixteenth and guess what we're going to flip that too now we're going to have a sixteenth dotted eighth pattern to deal with and g lines g2 h2 i2 and j2 deal with this rhythmic motif and once again we place it on various beats within the measure and once again we're using a, a uh, an arpeggio fragment, a two-note descending arpeggio fragment. Once again, be aware of the notes that you're playing in relationship to the chord that you are playing it over, okay? So, ensemble in, let's check out our 16th dotted eighth pattern, and uh, we'll go from there. Here we go. Check it out.
try to cover within uh, uh, less than an hour in a podcast episode. It's always challenging, but I think we we rise to the challenge each and every week. Uh, we cover a ton of information, and certainly today, uh, again, was was no exception as we uh, tackled our key of G major melodic workout. And I, and I cannot stress, I just cannot stress enough how important it is that you spend time be- becoming familiar with all of these rhythmic motifs, all of these rhythmic ideas that we address today. And these this idea of scale fragments and arpeggio fragments launching from uh, what well, today we launched primarily from the root of the two chord. But as I demonstrated in lines A, B, C, and D, you can launch from the third of the two chord or the fifth of the two chord or the seventh of the two chord, which then has a, a very profound impact on the sound and the melodic idea as you move it through the two, five, one progression. So I cannot stress to you enough, right? Thinking through all these rhythms, thinking through all of these harmonic uh, uh, chord scale fragment relationships, I cannot stress to you how important it is to the development of your improvisational skills. Having a command of scale and arpeggio motion, absolutely 100% essential to your success in becoming an accomplished jazz pianist. And applying the ascending and descending arpeggio scale motion to standard chord progressions like like we did today, like the 2-5-1, is a big-time jazz piano skill that must be strategically studied and practiced just as we did today if you're serious about becoming an accomplished jazz pianist. So combine last week's study, the key of G major harmonic workout with this week's study, the key of G major melodic workout and our year in review of all the rhythmic uh, ideas, rhythmic uh, motifs that we have studied throughout the year. And my goodness, you, you have an incredible uh, combination uh, uh, workouts that will certainly put you on the way to mastering the key of G major. And not only that, it will continue to solidify a practice blueprint for you that you can then replicate in in all keys. And that's what we've tried to do throughout this entire year uh, of, two, of 2022 is help formulate for you a practice blueprint that you can carry from one key to the next key to the next key. In other words, the data may change, but the practice approach remains the same. So important. And maybe most importantly, I stress this every podcast episode, be patient, right? Developing mature professional jazz piano skills takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. So begin structuring your practicing after the playing demonstrations that I modeled for you today in this podcast episode. And I promise you, you will begin to see, you'll begin to feel, you'll begin to hear your musical progress. Well, I I hope that you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring a key of G major melodic workout to be insightful and, of course, to be very beneficial. 
Don't forget, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills Ensemble member, I will see you online Thursday evening at the Jazz Piano Skills Masterclass, which is going to be 8 p.m. Central Time to discuss this podcast episode lesson, exploring our key of G major melodic workout in greater detail, and of course, to answer any questions that you may have about the study of jazz in general. So be sure to use your educational podcast packets that you have in your hands, your illustrations and your lead sheets, also the play-alongs for this podcast lesson. You'll find them to be very, very helpful. Also, uh, check out the Jazz Panel Skills courses to maximize your musical growth and also make sure that you are an active participant in the Jazz Piano Skills community, online community. Get out there, get involved, contribute to the various forums, and make some new jazz piano friends. If you have any questions at all at any time, you can reach me by phone, 972 My extension here at the Dallas School of Music is 211. Or you can email me, Dr. Lawrence, that's drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or you can use the nifty little speak pipe widget that is found throughout the Jazz Piano Skills website to reach out to me as well. Well, there is my cue. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy your key of G major melodic workout. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.